Welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, we'll talk about Trump's State of the Union, more controversy in Virginia, and more. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. I am here today with Ethan C. Kelly. Now, Ethan runs a channel called uh, Let's Talk Elections uh, on YouTube, which has over 30,000 subscribers. Thank you for joining me today, Ethan. Uh, You're welcome. Hey. now, for those who don't know what uh, Let's Talk Elections is, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about what you do on the channel and what the channel is about. Uh, well, I started my channel back up in 2017, right before the 2017, the few 2017 elections. Uh, and essentially, I just go through data and um, I have hypothetical matchups mainly between the president and Democrats, and there's always um, different variations in terms of my videos. Um, They're centered mainly around the 2020 election as of right now, Uh, but previously the 2018 elections, and then uh, as soon as I started up, it was uh, focused on the 2017 election, so whatever is relevant as of right now, um, I'm covering uh, on my channel. All right. Um, Now, um, if you feel comfortable talking about it, and you don't have to talk about it if you don't, but if you feel comfortable talking about it, uh, would you mind to talk about uh, your political affiliations? Um, you know, I haven't given it much thought as much as I talk about politics and elections on my channel. Um, I haven't really thought about the way that I view things. I've gotten very, very nonpartisan uh, since I've made my videos Um because I see different viewpoints every single day. Uh, so it's nothing new to me, even if it's a stream even if it's really extreme uh, i really don't see anything new uh every time i check my youtube comments there's always people who disagree um uh, i haven't re- really decided on what my affiliation uh could be right now i guess you could say i'm an independent um previously i would say that i did lean a little bit more to the right um but as of right now i really see arguments for almost any political uh view um which is kind of weird to me um I get like that I should have my own sense of values and my own sense of belief, uh, but to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure where that lies right now. All right. Why don't we get into the news then, because I know you don't have uh, a ton of time. So the first bit of news, uh, which everybody's been talking about this week, 
Trump signed a bill. Uh, Trump agreed to a bill to end the shutdown. Um, it didn't give him mo- the money he wanted for a wall. It gave him about around $1 billion uh, for border fencing, but that's not, not enough for a border wall. He agreed to sign it into law to prevent a government shutdown again, but he is saying now that he is going to declare a national emergency uh, to get the wall funding. He says he expects um, it'll be challenged in the courts, um, but he's hoping that if they fail, they'll go to the Supreme Court. Ethan, what's your th- what are your thoughts on Trump signing uh, the appropriations bill into law, and what are your thoughts on him declaring a national emergency to get money for his wall? Well, I think this was clearly carefully thought out um he wanted this wall so badly and i i can see why his entire campaign was either built on the wall hillary clinton or a couple of other uh, top-notch issues but this is something that really is going to hurt his campaign if he doesn't get a wall um it's probably not going to be built by 2020 to be completely honest with you but uh it's just the idea that he did um avert a shutdown is important. That's something that we could applaud him for. Uh, but declaring a national emergency for a wall, I personally do not have a favorable view of that. Uh, I think that's just a way, which it, it is a way to get money. Um, but I think that it's, um, it's very wasteful, I guess. This wall, I would say, is not needed uh, in my view. So I'm never going to really have a positive view of anything uh, taken other than what Congress gives him for the uh, border wall or fence, whatever you want to call it. Um, so this, I, I see the national emergency declaration as a negative thing. Um, signing that bill, uh, I see as a positive thing, but obviously they came together. Um, otherwise, that bill probably would not have been signed. signed. All right. Um, now, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the idea Ted Cruz had uh, to use the money uh, allocated from El Chapo uh, to pay for the wall uh, because they're allocating about $14 billion, uh from El Chapo. Uh, Trump uh, has said he only needs $6 billion to build the wall. Um, they're going to allocate around $14 billion. What are your thoughts on using that money to build the wall? Um, you know, that's... Uh... A really creative idea. I'll put it that way. Um, it doesn't seem really that plausible. Uh, I get the idea behind it. I really think that this is just a publicity stunt by Ted Cruz to throw someone out there. Um, and I mean, I get it. But El Chapo is not solely responsible for everything that's happening across our border. And I'm not saying that he's a good guy um, and that sh- he shouldn't be punished for what he's done. Um, but I think this is just a publicity stunt, to be completely honest with you. I don't think this is going to gain any traction. All right, then. Why don't we move on to the next story? Um, so, Virginia, things just keep getting more and more interesting in Virginia as a second woman has come out against Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. She is saying that Fairfax raped him, or raped her, sorry, um, in 2000. Um, What are your thoughts on the allegations, and how do you think this is all going to go down? Is Northam out? Is he in? Is Herring out? Is Fairfax out? Like, where is this going, do you think? Well, first of all... um Northam, I do not think, is going to uh, resign whatsoever. Um, Even though a lot of people within the Democratic Party want him to resign, um, 
I don't think that's going to happen. For Fairfax, I don't see it happening uh, either. And even if that did happen, Northern would still be in power. Then he would just throw someone else in there. Um, and then if Northern resigns and Fairfax resigns, then I'm assuming it does go to the Attorney General. It does. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the Attorney General is also under uh, scrutiny for a couple of things. Um, but to be completely honest with you, I don't think any of them are out. They serve one time. Uh Northam cannot be reelected uh, based on the Virginia Constitution. And I just think that they're probably going to ride this out. I guarantee it in a couple of weeks, this will probably be over. Um, but come time 2021, when you're looking for a new governor of Virginia, it's going to look a lot better for the GOP, especially if a Democrat gets into office in 2020. Uh, it'll be that first type of um, wave against the president, um, assuming that it is a Democrat at that time. Uh, so I do think it's going to be something that the GOP is going to come out winning either way. Um, but for right now, I don't think any of the three are going to resign. All right. Why don't we move on to the next story then? Uh, so the presidential election is getting really interesting. I obviously have talked a lot about it on your channel. Um, earlier this week, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota, announced her run for the White House. Um, we also know um, that uh, today... Uh, uh, as of Friday, when we're recording this, uh, Bill, former Governor Bill Weld, Republican from Massachusetts, who we had previously said was uh, had changed his party affiliation from Libertarian back to Republican, uh, announced he is forming an exploratory committee to primary President Trump in the Republican primaries uh, in 2020, and on top of that. Uh, sources close to Joe, to former vice president and former Delaware Senator Joe Biden, um, uh, have, uh, have said that, have told the Hill that he is, they, they're 95% sure Joe Biden is going to run. And even, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat from California has said that after having a meeting with Biden, she's pretty confident he's going to run. What are your thoughts uh, on all this news? What are your thoughts on Weld? What are your thoughts on Klobuchar? And what are your thoughts on Biden? Well, Bill Weld, I already knew, was uh, publicly expressing interest. I always check the Wikipedia page. Um, and I did think that it was a really great possibility that he would actually run. Um, so they only confirmed my suspicion of that. As for Joe Biden, I also think thought for the longest time that he is going to run um, he was going to run. He is probably going to run, to be completely honest with you. Um, and there's no real reason why I see Biden not running. Um, with Bill Weld, I don't think he's going to be a real threat to the president. I think it's just going to be um, a push for um, different ideologies in the Republican Party leading into the 2020 platform, not just relying on what they had back in 2016, changing it up just a little bit. As for the Democratic Party, Amy Klobuchar, not a surprise. Joe Biden, not a surprise. Uh, even though Joe Biden has officially announced he's probably going to within the next couple of weeks, within uh, possibly within this week, uh, Amy Klobuchar, it was pretty interesting looking at her campaign announcement. Um, nothing really struck out about her. Uh, she seemed like she was just uh, following the leader in terms of the rest of the Democrats that have already come out. And uh, so they were running for president. She adds to a total of, I think, is I think it's five women right now that are running for president. Uh, if you uh, add uh, Gillibrand, uh, who 
still hasn't fully announced. Um, and then I believe there are five, uh, actually four men that are running uh, for president under the Democratic Party. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a bloodbath for a number of these people. A lot of people's political careers are either going to end or spring uh, based off uh, the results of the 2020 Democratic primary. A lot of these top uh, Democratic candidates are running. And I don't necessarily see that as a good thing for their party. Um, but it is a lot of people's time to shine, especially with Donald Trump in office. So I uh, can't say much about that. Um, but I think we're going to get a lot more announcements coming in soon. So I think this week is probably going to be one of the least hectic weeks in terms of campaign announcements uh, leading into, uh, I guess, the coming months. Um, now, you say you don't think that's a good thing. Um, Donald Trump, of course, had a very crowded field to work with. Um, and he ended up winning the presidency. Do you see the opposite happening for Democrats, or do you think that this is different this time? Well, all those uh, candidates that run back in 2016, we already knew that a lot of them didn't have a chance. Um, a lot of these people are recently elected in you know, 2000. Um, a lot of those people from the Republican Party, they were pretty much established within the party. And now we have people like Kamala Harris. This is someone who became a senator back in 2016. Uh, Gillibrand, who took over for Hillary Clinton uh, back in 2008. Klobuchar first won her election back in 2006. Warren first elected uh, back in 2012. A lot of these Democrats are new. And there isn't much out about them. Uh, a lot of them are in safe states for their uh, Senate races, so not a lot of uh, funding has gone into the opposition candidates, which also means that they have a lot that they're hiding. Um, a lot of these candidates were not under the same scrutiny um, that Hillary Clinton was back in 2016. And with all of these different candidates, the Republican Party is going to systematically eliminate every one of these with uh, against the president having a possibility of winning against the president. A lot of people know about Joe Biden. A lot of people know about Bernie Sanders. But if you go up to someone on the street, the street, you're probably not going to hear much about Tulsi Gabbard um, or Kamala Harris, to be completely honest with you. Um, and looking at all of these candidates, I really think, number one, it's a negative thing for them because they are going to get a lot of things that they don't want out to come out in the news. That is probably going to end their Democratic primary campaigns. Uh, as for the possibility where Donald Trump came from 17 candidates and rose up and won the presidency, um, the Democratic Party, this is not their time to divide the party. With this many, many candidates, it is a real possibility that they do end up dividing the Democratic Party party. If you look back at 2016, you could have said the same thing for the Republicans, but a lot of them still are divided against President Trump. 2018 was not a good look for them because of how many people disapproved of the president. Going into future elections, the Democratic Party needs to be united. If they want to have a real chance at taking back the White House, possibly taking back the Senate, holding on to the House, um, and picking up governorships in 2020, uh, and I don't think they can do that with these many candidates. I think 10 is pushing it. I think five is a pretty good amount. Again, a lot of these people are probably going to drop out possibly before the primaries, after the first debate in June, uh, whenever. Uh, but um, it's probably going to narrow it down, but it's still going to be very divisive for the Democrats, especially with these many top uh, Democratic candidates running. All right. Why don't we move on? So it's fun to talk about the 2020 presidential race, but don't forget about the Senate elections. Um, we now know that Cory Gardner, Senator Cory Gardner, Republican from Colorado, who's up for re-election in 2020, considered 
perhaps the most vulnerable Republican by many. Um, he is now getting challenged from two major Democrats, uh, former state senator and 2018 gubernatorial candidate Mike Johnson and uh, former Speaker of the Colorado House of Representatives Andrew Romanoff. Uh, have both gotten in. Uh, we also know in the Arizona special election, another race where Republicans are considered vulnerable, the, uh, Martha McSally's hoping to hold on to John McCain's old seat. Uh, we now know that Mark Kelly, uh, the husband of former Congresswoman uh, Gabrielle Giffords, Democrat from Arizona, is running um, and we also uh, know now, although it's not confirmed, apparently Chuck Schumer has actually met with Beto, former congressman uh, and uh, 2018 Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke, Democrat from Texas. He's actually talked with him uh, about potentially running for the Senate again against John Cornyn in 2020 rather than running for president, um, despite Beto uh, being in uh, at the top of many polls. Um, what are your th thoughts? Uh, oh, and we also know that uh, in the Alabama se uh, Senate race, uh, perhaps the most vulnerable seat for Democrats, Doug Jones hoping to hold on. We now know that Jim Ziegler, the state auditor, has uh, started an, an exploration committee to run against uh, Doug Jones in 2020. Um, what are your thoughts on all these 2020 Senate updates? Where do you see the, uh, the, the 2020 Senate races? Do Democrats have a chance of taking back the Senate? And w w how's the map looking for which party? Well, looking at this map, it's an uphill climb for Democrats yet again. I think 2022 is really their time to shine if they have another Republican in office uh, in the White House. Um, but looking at the 2020 map, it's not as bad as 2016, but it's not exactly great for them. They're going to have to focus on states like uh, Arizona and Colorado and possibly Texas um, for pickups. And that's not exactly the easiest thing to do. It took a lot of funding back in 2018, and even then they still didn't take back the majority. Looking at this map, I guess you could say Alabama is the most vulnerable for the Democratic Party, and I agree with you there. I do think Alabama is going to go to the GOP at the end of the day. Um, circumstances were just right for Doug Jones, and even then he narrowly won back in 2017. And Alabama isn't exactly a swing state. With Donald Trump on the ballot this time around, Republicans are going to be on full-fledged support, uh, and they're going to be down ballot voting. And even if it is a 55 to 45 margin, it's still a loss for the Democratic Party. But in a state like Colorado, I think that one's definitely going to be a pickup for the Democrats. Uh, there's no reason why Cory Gardner should win again in terms of how Colorado voters have voted in the past couple elections. Um, and he just doesn't really match with um, the ideologies, uh, assuming that they stick with what they did back in 2016 and 2018 um, of Colorado voters. For Arizona, I think that's going to be a really interesting race to watch. Martha McSally uh, losing in 2018 and coming in for 2020. That argument is going to be made against Beto O'Rourke in Texas if he does decide to run. Um, I do think he should run. Uh, for the Democratic Party, I do think he has a pretty good shot at this Senate race again. It's just going to be um, interesting seeing two lost candidates, assuming Beto runs, uh, running again for re-election. Martha McSally actually is a senator now, um, but I don't see a lot of hope for her. I do think it's going to be a narrow victory for the Democrats in Arizona. Uh, but for Texas, I still think the GOP would probably hold on to it. Narrow or not, still a win. Um, but Texas, I could see going to the GOP. States that we aren't really focusing on... Um, you know, Iowa, 
North Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, and Maine. Uh, those are states that I think are somewhat vulnerable for the GOP. For the Democratic Party, I would say at most, you could say, is New Hampshire with Gene Shaheen. And even then, that's uh, going to be really hard for the GOP. Uh, Gary Peters in Michigan, again, I don't see that being a big thing uh, or a big possibility for the uh, Republicans to make a pickup there. So I would only say that Alabama, as of right now, is really uh, in contention for uh, the Democrats. And I do think that one's going to go to the GOP. But we're leaving, we're talking about five states here at this point that uh, are held by Republicans, but do have a possibility of going to the Democrats. Again, North Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, Iowa, and Maine, all of these states have a real possibility of flipping. Uh, Probably Kentucky, the least out of them all, which is surprising considering Suzanne Collins overwhelmingly won back in her state in 2014. In fact, I do think Bernie Sanders did endorse her uh, at one point uh, for the Senate race, um, but I don't think that's going to happen this time around. Uh, well, looking at the Senate map, I do think there are a lot of possibilities for Democrats to win, but um, it's going to take a lot. They're going to be going into red territory, and uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, now, there are also three governor's races this year, which are very overlooked. How do you see those races going? Well, Mississippi is showing interesting results. If you look at the polling data, uh, the Democratic Party actually leads in the state of Mississippi as of right now. Jim Hood, I believe, is the uh, attorney general or... Yes. I think. Yes, attorney, attorney general. general. Yes. Um, yeah, he's uh, probably... Did he announce if he was running or not? Yeah, he has announced if he's running. And Tate Reeves, the lieutenant governor, has announced he's running. He's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I do think Jim Hood could narrowly edge this one out, surprisingly. Um, that could be interesting, seeing a red state go um, to the uh, Democratic Party. But also Louisiana, um, that is one that uh, also needs to be watched as well. Louisiana with an incumbent who was mildly popular early on, uh, Edwards. Um, pretty popular earlier on in his term. Not so much now, um, but still pretty popular for a Democrat in a Republican state. Uh, Mississippi, again, I think could narrowly go to the Democrats, but for Kentucky, that one I also think is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, uh, there is a possibility that it could go to uh, the Republic- the Democratic Party, sorry. Um, but looking at the candidates right now, Andy Bashir announced he was running for uh, governor in the state of Kentucky. I think that could be pretty interesting. I do think he's going to take the nomination uh, just based off his name recognition. And um, I do think he does have a real shot at winning. But Kentucky, I think, could narrowly stay in the uh, Republican column where Mississippi goes to the Democrats as a pickup. And then Louisiana um, holds for the Democrats. All right. Why don't we move on then? So, uh, Elan, Congresswoman Elan Omar, uh, Democrat from uh, Minnesota, uh, came under fire this week. Um, she um, uh, essentially she put out a tweet, um, uh, which a lot of people are calling uh, uh, anti-Semitic, um, where she was uh, criticizing. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find the tweet. Uh, she was essentially criticizing those who voted for a bill um, that uh, that said if you apply for certain uh, public sector jobs, you have to uh, sign a waiver saying you will not be a part of a certain, um, uh, uh, be a part of a, uh, a certain um, anti-Israel boycott group. Um, and she said in this tweet, she said and said tweet, 
um, that politicians that voted for it in the Senate uh, were paid by AI PAC, which is uh, a pro-Israel PAC, and that was why they voted for it. Um, but many people are now accusing her uh, of inciting the stereotype that uh, Jewish people own the banks um, and that they have a lot of money. And people are saying that what she did um, was uh, was anti-Semitic uh, for that reason. Uh, she did put out uh, an apology um, and uh, Donald Trump did call on her. Uh, to resign. However, um, she did reply to him saying in a tweet, quote, you have trafficked in your hate your whole life against Jews, Muslims, indigenous immigrants, black people, and more. Uh, I learned from people impacted by my words. When will you? Um, David Duke, the white supremacist, uh, actually endorsed. Uh, yeah, David Duke, the white supremacist, actually um, endorsed, uh, Ilan Omar after this controversy. Um, what are your, Ethan, what are your thoughts on the whole controversy, uh, surrounding Ilan Omar? What are your thoughts on her being supported by David Duke? And was what she said anti-Semitic in your opinion? Well, looking at the tweets alone, if you didn't know the stereotype, you probably wouldn't call them anti-Semitic. I see how people could have taken it that way. Um, and again, I'm not her. I don't know her intentions. But uh, as for me, I mean, I'm Catholic, so I can't really resonate um, with the people who are uh, Jewish and taking uh, pure offense to this. I do think that it was wrong for her to tweet that. Um, uh, but I don't exactly think that her intentions were uh, full of hatred. Uh, Donald Trump calling her out, um, you know, for saying things like that. Uh, very ironic, to be completely honest with you. Um, it's very interesting how uh, he says a lot of things and uh, calls on her to resign, um, even though uh, it was just a couple of tweets said. Uh, and I get it, a lot of Democrats do call on Donald Trump to resign, but it's not exactly just a singular case. Um, this entire thing, I didn't hear much about it, and it's probably because it wasn't as big of an issue um, that we see in areas like Virginia. Um, but Again, I don't think that this is enough to ask for her to resign, um, but I do think that um, I do think that she did learn from uh, her mistakes, and I don't think she'll do anything like that in the future. Um, but uh, just looking at the tweets themselves again, I don't exactly um, see them as anti-Semitic um, based off just the context that you gave me. Um, but I could see how it could be taken that way. All right, then. Why don't we move on to the next story? So Bill Barr, the former attorney general, is coming back to be attorney general again. He was confirmed this week by the uh, United States Senate by a 54 to 45 vote. Uh, interestingly enough, Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, actually voted against Bill Barr's uh, against Bill Barr's confirmation. Um, he cited uh, Bill Barr's um, uh, stance on surveillance programs as his reason for voting against the former attorney general. Uh, what are your thoughts um, on Bill Barr getting confirmed back as attorney general? Um, well, I don't really have um, my 
I really do not know much about uh, Bill Barr. Uh, to, really, to be completely honest with you, um, all I know is that he was a previous attorney general. Um, and now that he's back in, uh, I can't say much again because I don't know uh, him too well. Um, the Senate vote, not really surprising. It's usually that uh, is usually divided right down the middle. I like that. Um, but I'm probably I'm not going to speak on it too much because I don't know um, the guy too well uh, in terms of what he's known for or his previous history. Um, but I do think um, it could be interesting uh, looking at uh, the Trump administration moving on. And I also am pretty surprised that um, we're having this much uh, turnaround within administration and uh, we only talk about it once or twice uh, during um, the election season. All right. Well, then why don't we move on to the next story surrounding former acting attorney general Matthew Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker uh, uh, spoke in front of uh, the House Judiciary Committee uh, where he was questioned by many Democrats there. Um, What were your thoughts uh, on the the Matthew Whitaker hearings? Um, Again, I I didn't really... Um, I didn't, oh, I didn't listen to them uh, or watch them. To be completely honest with you, um, I'm probably going to eventually. Uh, I just haven't yet, so I can't really speak on it. Okay, then. Um, why don't uh, we um, talk then about Congressman Walter Jones, Republican from North Carolina? So North Carolina's uh, Republican congressman, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Walter Jones has died on his 76th birthday. Um, and uh, right now there's going to be a special election uh, to determine his, uh, his uh, seat, which means we're going to have two House uh, races determined this year in 2019. There's the one uh, which is still in dispute after the 2018 midterms where there was allegedly voter fraud and they're trying to see if Mark Harris won that race. We also know now there's now going to be a race to fill Walter Jones's seat, although many pundits believe uh, the Mark Harris seat will probably be a lot more competitive than the seat for Walter Jones. Seeing as Walter Jones's seat is uh, considered uh, to be more of uh, how do I say this? It's it, it's considered to be uh, a safe red state. It's consider it's considered to be a very rural, safely Republican district. Um, but uh, Walter Jones uh, was known to be a conservative, but he often uh, went against Trump at one point uh, and went against his party. Uh, at one point, uh, he was uh, for the Iraq War, but then became a staunch critic of it. What are your thoughts on the passing uh, of this man? Um, well, my thoughts and prayers are with his family. Um, I do think that it is uh, really unfortunate whenever uh, a member of Congress dies in office, especially on his birthday. Um, but um, moving past that, uh, looking at his seat itself, I get it. It is a safe Republican seat. I don't think that there's going to be really any uh, Democratic opposition, to be completely honest with you, out of respect for him. Uh, the Republican Party is probably going to skate by that election uh, easily uh, with um, 
purely with the sympathy vote, which is uh, a very real thing. Um, and the third district itself, the Democratic Party didn't even run a candidate back in 2018. If they had, they would have won uh, the, uh, I guess, statewide popular vote uh, in terms of the um, overall House vote uh, statewide. Um, but looking at the third district, I don't see much of a chance for the Democratic Party. As for the ninth district, uh, this election has been going on way too long, um, but I don't exactly think that they should certify a winner just yet um, until they get to the bottom of everything. I think in just three days, they're actually going to have uh, another hearing. Um, but uh, that's my thoughts on the entire situation. Do you think that there's any, because on election night, it was believed Harris uh, was the winner. Do you think that there's any way at this point that uh, the Democrat could turn that around because I believe historically um, when Al Franken first got elected, the Republican uh, he was running against, I can't remember what his name was, but the Republican who was the incumbent senator was originally declared the winner uh, on election night, but he was only 300 votes ahead or around 300 votes ahead. Um, and uh, eventually that, that, that went on, that race went on for months um, but eventually they determined Al Franken to be the winner, um, and they, uh, they, uh, he, the Republican challenged it in the courts, but it was thrown away. So Al Franken became senator in around July of tw- 2009. Do you think there's any chance that could happen here? Um, it is a very real possibility that this does happen here. Uh, this district, Mark Harris, has had an interesting uh, history in terms of close races. If you look back at 2016, the Republican primary for this election, he only lost it by a couple, uh, even no, just barely over 100 votes. Uh, the incumbent only won by barely over 100 votes. Um, but the the district, the ninth district, was presumably a safe Republican district. Uh, moving on into 2018, this election got very close, closest race in uh, over half a century in this district itself. Uh, so I do think that there is a real possibility it does drag along. Um, but I do think that they're going to try to avoid something like that and possibly declare a winner uh, sometime soon or hold a special election. All right. Well, those are all the stories I have. Uh, Thank you again for joining me. Before you go, why don't you tell everybody where you can be found on social media? Uh, So I go by um, the username uh, LT Updates on Twitter. And then my YouTube channel, of course, is just Let's Talk Elections, uh, youtube.com slash Let's Talk Elections. And uh, that's pretty much um, all my social media for my political channel. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Bye.